Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. U.S. stocks higher for a fourth day. The dollar strengthened after data bolstered optimism that the U.S. economy is on firm footing. Gasoline spiked to the highest in almost two years as Harvey relentlessly pounded the energy-rich Gulf Coast right now. S&P up 11 to 24.57, a gain there of five-tenths of one percent. The Dow up 27, up one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 66 points. That was a gain today of one percent. Year-to-date, NASDAQ is up 18.3 percent. The tenure down one thirty-second with a yield of 2.13 percent. Gold down 5.80 the ounce to 13.09, down four-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude lower by one percent to 45.97. Gasoline up now by 7.2 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie. Thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser. Hey, one story that certainly caught our attention has to do with Uber, and it has to do with a possible IPO. Let's uh, get the details from our own Garrett Devink. He is Canadian tech and telecom reporter joining us from our bureau in Toronto. Garrett, tell us uh, the details on this. Well, we don't have a lot of details on the IPO specifically. I mean, what we do know, and this was reported by, by my colleague Eric Newcomer, who's you know been breathlessly following the developments over at over at Uber, is that the new CEO Dara Khosrowshahi, who came over from Expedia, has said um, to Uber employees in the meeting today that he expects to IPO in 18 to 36 months. So you know, a year and a half to three years is a pretty big window, but it is definitely you know an interesting tidbit of news that he was so uh, ready on kind of his first day as CEO. To, to to say that even though it wasn't an internal employees-only meeting. All right, so is this a tactic? I mean, this guy, when we've spoken with Eric, he said he's got, and some others, he's got a really full plate, right? If I, I think I asked him, so, you know, what's the number one thing that this new Uber CEO has to do? And he's like, well, there's about five or six things he has to do. <laughs> is this kind of a diversionary for people who've been watching the company saying, oh, okay, but the end game is going public. This is what we all mm-hmm. hope for. So he's going to get the house in order. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I mean, on the one hand, what, what I think it really is, I mean, so I've been covering Expedia. That's kind of, you know, my connection to the story. And so I, I know, you know, Dara, you know, not super well, but I've interviewed him several times. I've seen him do speaking at conferences, and I obviously know a lot of people in the industry. And I think what this is him saying is like, look, I'm just going to come as a public company CEO. You know, he sets targets, he shares them with the market, and then he executes and tries to hit them, right? So that is kind of his MO, and that's how he's been running Expedia for 12 years. So now that you know, to, to kind of port that over to Uber is going to be interesting because, you know, it, it's a company with obviously a very unorthodox background, a very unorthodox growth story, and now all of these problems and these issues that he has to deal with. So I think it does reveal a little bit about how he intends to lead Uber. It is great talking to you because you're right. This guy comes from Expedia. He's been over there. And this is also a, a pretty, you know, Expedia's been in a, a very competitive space. What can you tell our listeners um, about kind of his style and how he ran Expedia and how that might mm-hmm. translate well uh, to running now Uber. Well, I mean, on the one one thing that's notable to know about him is that he's very comfortable doing, you know, large M&A. I mean, in 2015 alone, he dropped more than $5 billion buying HomeAway and buying Orbitz. And, you know, Orbitz was a kind of deal to sort of consolidate the traditional online travel booking industry. And HomeAway was a deal to sort of push off into a whole new direction, which was, you know, home rental and home sharing to compete with Airbnb, which at the time was and still is gaining a lot of traction. So he's someone who is able to kind of look strategically and invest a lot 
lot. And, you know, Uber itself has been doing deals around the world to sort of consolidate its power in markets where it's not winning. It's in China, Russia, for example. It's done deals to sort of, you know, kind of freeze the market in a way that they can still have a say without necessarily owning it completely. And so I think that's something that Dara brings from his experience at Expedia to this role. He'll be able to continue. Speaking of having a say, uh, Travis Kalanick uh, apparently introduced the new CEO at a, a meeting with employees um, this morning. I'm just curious. He, Kalanick has also said that, you know, he wants to return to a more active role of the company. What do you know about um, this former Expedia CEO, how he might be in terms of working with someone who's so closely identified with his, with the, with the company that he founded. I'm talking about Kalanick. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it'll be a challenge for anyone. I mean, Kofor Shawi is, is someone who is a very, you know, you know, Expedia is built around him. He is a centralized leader. He is a strong leader. I mean, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would kind of, you know, roll over or be a pushover or even sort of tolerate another very strong voice overruling him or trying to challenge him in the room. But at the same time, he's someone who talks a lot about, you know, the importance of, of um, you know, building a strong team. So, you know, in terms of building that executive branch uh, sort of bench and being able to rely on his, his the people around him, I don't think he'll have any problems with that. He is also just a very, you know, professional, kind of tactful, serious person. He's not the kind of person who has ever been known to kind of, you know, let his emotions get the better of him. When you talk to people who've worked with him for years, they said that he's always a very, you know, respectful and well-respected person. So you're right, he's definitely walking into a bit of a lion's den, but he seems like the right person to do it. An amazing backstory, uh, and I know you, you guys have reported on about his, he escaped from Iran as, as a boy. I'm going to put this story uh, out on Twitter so everybody can check out a little bit more details. Um, thank you so much. Uh, Garrett DeVink, he's our Canadian tech and telecom reporter, joining us from our bureau in Toronto. This is Bloomberg Radio. Delivering vans, trucks, SUVs to small business owners as needed. Well, there's an app for that. Andy Alderson is CEO at Bananarama. I want to keep saying Bananarama, uh, but forgive me. <laughs> um, cool company name. Cool what you're doing. Uh, you're joining us from London. Uh, Andy, tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, hi there, Carl. Well, I'm actually in Atlanta right now oh. getting ready to open. But, um, yeah, so we're essentially a fintech business, but what we really are is an automotive concierge service for the SME small business owner. Okay. And Atlanta, of course, as you said, getting ready to open. That's going to be your U.S. headquarters. What kind of demand do you anticipate for your service? And I mean, I think the time is right for what we're bringing to the market. Um, in the automotive sector right now in the U.S., there's a lot of focus on things like negative equity on PCP deals. I believe the average term is something like 84 months. And there's a huge move around, you know, the, the gig economy and the self-employed, having agile flexibility with the way they finance things. That's what we're going to bring to the market. And, and the kind of demand is there. We're not kind of coming to the market trying to create a demand. The demand is there for our products. You know, so from a tech point of view, as a, for instance, you know, 70% of our customers are on our website when traditional businesses are closed. 73% of those are on a mobile device. Um, so our tech allows them to kind of click on their mobile phone, self-serve, use an AI to select things like the right vehicle, the right spec based on their requirements, carrying capacity, uh, mileage, how much they want to spend a month. What our tech does is kind of source the right vehicle from our dealer partners, source the right finance or lease package from our finance 
partners that we work with. Right. And the customer can order on their mobile phone, sign their paperwork on their mobile phone. We arrange the logistics so the vehicle goes straight to them, whether it's at their work or their home address, so they can carry on running their business and not have to take time out to go and visit dealerships, losing money while they're, they're not visiting customers. So, so we make the whole pro... And i got to ask you, how is this different from like a U-Haul uh, where you rent a vehicle or a Hertz or an Avis or something like that? Well, daily rental per day is fairly expensive if you want if you need a vehicle for a business full time. So this is kind of long term leasing, kind of three four years, not, not daily and weekly rental. Ah, interesting. Um, and what so kind of, much more affordable. Much more affordable. What kind of demand are you seeing for your business? I mean, you're obviously expanding, but give me an idea. Are you guys profitable at what you're doing? Got about thirty seconds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in the last five years, we've grown from a turnover of 7 million to 52 million, gone from 27 staff to over 250. We'll do 15,000 vehicles in the UK. Uh, and the market for us in the, in, in the US is 10 times bigger than that. Fascinating uh, and interesting to get a peek uh, into what you guys are doing. Andy, thank you so much. Andy Alderson, Chief Executive Officer at Vanarama, forgive me, Vanarama, uh, joining us uh, on the phone from Atlanta where he's uh, opening up uh, the U.S. headquarters for his company. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser. My co-host Corey Johnson uh, off today. Uh, We'll get a check on some of those top business stories in just a moment for you. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.